You are now listening to Wave a Sound. Welcome to Versus Mike History. I'm your host, Michael History. In episode 101, Sheikh joins the podcast to discuss the journey of becoming a chef as a black man, fatherhood and lessons that come with it, dedicating yourself to creating content with your friends, and more. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. Subscribe to our newsletter for updates and podcast recommendations. And join our members-only community on Patreon for access to exclusive content. For everything else, go to VersusMikeHistory.com. Peace, family. Welcome back to another episode of Versus Mike History. I'm your host, Mike History, and we got the brother Shake in the building. Shake was good. What's up, gang? Um, Shake is one of the hosts of the End of Regulation podcast. I um, have had the pleasure of blessing the mic for the one time. Uh, the podcast, you can find the episode that I'm on linked on versusmikehistory.com slash features or whatever but shake is in the building shake let them people know what else you have going on in your life in terms of oh, outside of podcasting um so uh podcasting i you know obviously you talked about it i did it we're i'm on the i'm a host of uh and the regulation podcast shout out to the team over there jose you know bert mr Sean, Zig, just everybody, Reg, love you guys. Um, but that's not even really where you know I kind of get my start. You know, I'm actually a, a chef by trade. Um, podcasting was something, not even so much podcasting, but, but you know, just kind of going that, you know, the, getting into the music or uh, media type industry was something I wanted to do if I never got into the kitchen, but. You know, my heart took me somewhere else. It kind of starts, you know, like I've always been around it, like family-wise. My dad's always been in restaurants. He did catering for, you know, a lot of different people, like Wendy Williams, Steve Harvey, like a lot of other people in his lifetime. Um, but, like, my mama bear kind of really brought me into the kitchen. Um, and that's kind of where, you know, I was able to kind of use that as a freedom of expression or, uh, you know, just really like an outlet, if you will. So um, I do that now. I went the culinary school route. Uh, prior to culinary school, I worked at uh, Fricassee French Bistro in Montclair for like 10 months. And that's kind of where I really found my, uh, you know, like that this is really what I want to do every day. You know, sometimes it takes having, you know, different experiences and, you know, doing something you never thought you would do. Like, I never thought that I would find the most fun, like, cooking for other people. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, all right. I'm just going to ask you, because I asked all the guests who come on the show, what are you listening to? And then we're going to dive right back in to your chef story. Cause I what wanna... am I listening to? Yeah. All right. So you can't laugh, right? <laughs> okay. But, like, I just found... Uh, so apparently the Isley Brothers did. Oh, like, yeah. Did like, oh. 
Yeah, they did the uh, yo. they did the the, the re ups. Yo, so yeah, did you hear this? Rick Ross and yo, so the song with Rick Ross is fire. <laughs> I have not listened to it though. I've only listened to um Yo, what yo, you have to nah bro, you have to go and listen to Biggest Bosses feature Rick Ross. <laughs> this nigga Ronald Isley was floating on that beat. He was insane. And it's just so funny because it's like watching like somebody's like pop pop or uncle like still get a move off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Um, Mick Jenkins, um, what what's the album? Um, Elephant in the Room, listening to that. Excellent. Uh, some good music. Uh, I've been listening to a little bit of Hitler Hermes Three, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, you know there's some ESTG in here. I got some Dead Day in there. So, Boldy James, Malcolmus, Makami. The guys. And, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Uh, nothing too, too crazy. Got some no, no ski in there, too. Word, word. Shout out to the homies. Um, All right, let's get back into this this chef story, man, because it's, it's, it started to get real inspirational. And uh, I was upset because I, I had to actually what you was listening to. But um, I want to get into it because you spoke about, you know, starting your journey. Um sort of in Montclair professionally and then going to culinary school. But I kind of want to get into um, experiences before that, because I mean, before Montclair, you had to know you wanted to cook something, right? So let's talk I mean, about that initial, re- that initial epiphany. Well, really, it was just kind of like being able to do it at home. But like, our, I think our generation of chefs, just in general, myself included, there's a lot of people that were influenced by Food Network and just mm-hmm. like the, the the newness of it and the like, you know, I I could care less for like some of the like, you know, down home shows and the Paula Deans of the world and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That wasn't who I was listening to. Uh, she can go to hell. She's a racist. My bad. Um, <laughs> nah, see, but you know. more so, <laughs> um, <laughs> but more so because like you were seeing, for me, it was like seeing men do it. Mm-hmm. because like you would see this and it was like and something that like you know and not to be like sexist but like the, the phrase get back in the kitchen is usually directed towards women mm-hmm. so but like for a field to me that like my mom wasn't fond of me being interested in cooking she was like that she, she kind of reinforced that if you will okay. now when i say my mom that's like my biological mom but if you hear me say my mom usually i'm talking about my mom a bit that's that's who that is so separate okay. that but whatever um but at the end of the day, like that wasn't something that my mom was necessarily encouraging me to. She wasn't like, hey, you got to go into the kitchen. You've got to learn how to cook. Like, and really cook it. Everyone should know how to cook basic shit. To me, that's survival skills. So, like, you're making me dependent on like shit like sandwiches and McDonald's, which I love a good sandwich, but damn, bro, I should be able to scramble some eggs sometimes. Um, but yeah, man, like, it, it just, just being able to. Like for me, it was just seeing that on TV and and wanting to to be able to do that and not realizing that food could be done in such a different way. Like there are so many different levels to cooking. Like what separates a a chef from your basic home cook is knowing how to use ingredients, what knowing what goes pretty much with everything, 
being able to apply it in a, in a good amount of time and understanding how you layer flavors and, and things of that nature. Like where it's not a whole lot different, but it's understanding technique and realizing that knowing how to do this, if I know how to break down a bird, I know how to break down a bird. Yes, this bird's like bones might be in a different spot, but I know where the joints are and I know you break this here, I know you do this here, you want to salvage this. like. At the end of the day, you know how to do these things because you have fundamentals. It's just like anything else. So um, my whole purpose in going to school, and um, once I you know, kind of got to that point when I was at Montclair, um, really was to know how. You know, I, I think a lot of times people go to school to learn and to learn what and to learn why, but learn like, not not to learn how, but to learn why. I, mean, I said how, and that's not that's not what I meant. But to learn why I was doing things, not necessarily how. And people go into the situation trying to learn how, how to do things, and not necessarily why. And I think that's why the concept of college should really be a later in life thing. Because when you decide what you want to do, sometimes and you you go down the field and you get some experience, then you learn why you were doing certain things, and it makes you more of an asset. Like getting having experience is is more valuable than just knowing how to do things that's why like people's salaries sometimes you that's why people have to start entry level and they have all this education and all this knowledge but they've never gotten a chance to apply it mm-hmm. word um and talk about your experience you know in the kitchen and you know um because once you get past the um the phase of like, you know, getting indoctrinated with the Food Network, realizing that you yourself can um, do this thing, getting your mom on board, finally getting a job. Um, talk about those initial experiences, you know, with blending cultures in the kitchen, you know, because I'm sure it's it's very interesting, uh, especially like as a black man, because I feel like we don't have a lot of experiences crossing cultures when it comes to cooking um and i feel like we have a we have a lot to learn from other cultures when it comes to cooking uh even though we got all the sauce oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i see what you did there um i mean at the end of the day man you'd be surprised how many black chefs are out here now mm-hmm. how many of the and and how many of them you know it's just like anywhere else how they'll help the next black black guy out but then you also see, um, you know, and this is just, you know, black, um, from black man to black man, you'll see a lot of people who from older generations who look, who come from an era where like, there's always competition. Mm-hmm. So helping the next guy get further up could mean you getting cut. And that's not how it's gonna be like, so they don't, you know, they don't pass on certain things. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you watch them, you know, almost like catered to the job. Like there was a time when I was working for uh, Jose Garces in Philly and there was a, there was an older black dude who literally like would always try to like, basically like try to like keep me down and be like, hey, like you can't be so loud. You can't be so like, basically try to tell me I can't be myself. Yeah, he wants because, you to be the good nigga. Yeah, bro. And I was like, yo, you gotta do that. Like one day I blacked on him, like we got into it over something. Like I, I definitely told him I'll be his son up. 
But and that's not even the type of guy I am. But I was like, bro, I'm not gonna go back and forth with you. If you got a son, you can bring him to the job, and I hope he would defend you. But like, this is what happened. Yeah, but <laughs> but at the end of the day, to me, it's like yo, you're not gonna try and make me dim my light because that's what worked for you. Maybe you don't have no value, so kissing ass is how you get to stick around and do nothing. You know, mm-hmm. you're able to do this and you're able to do that because you don't you don't bring no value outside of these couple things. I know that I bring value. And if they don't see it, that's fine. I've always been the type of person that like, if people don't want to pay me what I feel like I need to get paid, I'll leave. Mm-hmm. If y'all are talking to me any type of crazy, y'all being disrespectful, like I don't deal with that, like, oh, I'm a superior bullshit, I'll leave. Like, I know that I bring value to whatever place that I step in. And if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you, that's fine. You're not the only place in town. You're not the only place on the planet. And I'm, I genuinely believe that I'm destined to succeed. So why would I disagree with you? And it's your place. You don't want me here. That's fine. I'm not going to fight you and, and be like, oh, no, I need to work. It's like, yeah, I have bills. Yeah, I have kids and I have things that I need to take care of. But like, if it's not working and there needs to be a better situation, there needs to be a better situation. Absolutely. Um, what are some misconceptions in our community when it comes to cooking that, you know, um, going to culinary school formally has opened your mind to? Thank you. I'm so glad you asked me this. The number (laughs) one misconception within our community, ah, there's two, but they're both kind of the same. But the first one is that steak should be cooked well done. All of everybody can go to hell. Like medium well is unacceptable. Anything past medium is uh, you're killing it mm-hmm. and I, I hate when people say there's blood because like it's not blood like before the animals are butchered they're like they literally hang shit from like hooks and like the, they get drained you get what i'm saying so like h- how is there blood pumping through veins if there's no artery i mean if there's no heart right so you're just speaking pure ignorance and it's like if you don't it's okay if you don't want this or whatever but it's like you're not even open to to trying and you're taking like you're taking something of quality and killing it because of what and then you want to talk about and then you want to put a one steak sauce or ketchup on it mm. trying to trying to put more flavor in it and be like oh or just drowning it in whatever gravy or drippings came from the pan and trying to call it sauce and make it seem like you're doing something that's not really a thing like sauce is good but you need to mount it with butter you need to do this yeah. you need to do that like add some stuff to it don't just pour it on there all broken i'm not gonna lie the first time i had a steak and i like didn't need steak sauce for it it blew my mind I was like, yo this shit is amazing you're like yo i don't even know it could i didn't even know it could be like this <laughs> literally literally because i grew up i grew, like um like my dad is a big steak eater so I grew up, my, my stepmom, you know, bring out the plate. Da, 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 da. I like it well done. Get my steak sauce, my fries on the side. Uh, oh, boy. Boom. The, then, but then, like, as I get got older, I started watching the Food Network, as you said earlier in the episode. And, you know, you watch the Food Network. The Food Network, yo, it, this is not this is not your grandmother's kitchen at all. Like, like it's, it might as well be a new language to, like, a young black person who grew up on soul food. So like you seeing duck and this and ah boom boom boom, and then like when you see a steak is it's never brown, literally never brown. Like at least on the inside. Um, and so I'm like, yo, like nah, no way. And then like you know, 
I'm big on food myself, which is why I got you here today. But um, when, you know, I started watching like even like YouTube people on cooking and um, different restaurants doing their like um, their plating and stuff like that, it was just mind blowing to see, you know, the difference in quality, like learning about quality of steaks and, you know, not uh, overcooking it and, you know, what to add and not adding too much seasoning and like it's just bro salt pepper butter thyme garlic that is it <laughs> you want to throw some rosemary on there cool you're playing with different flavors you want to switch your herbs up cool but let's not get carried away here mm-hmm. <laughs> like let's not like certain things you don't need to fucking reinvent you don't need to try and like people do all this cool stuff with sous vide and all this and i'm like yep Mm-hmm. Sounds real good, but a nice pan sear, like turn it over, put it in the oven at 400 for probably like, I don't know, seven or eight minutes. Still does the job. Right. Let's stop trying to be crazy. Um, but the second one. Yes, go ahead. That's what I was about to get. It's wings fried hard. Stop getting your fucking wings fried hard everywhere you go. Oh, like stop doing that. Stop asking for your wings fried hard. You I'm gonna, show. I'm going to cut in for two seconds and just say this. I don't even understand what that means, actually. <laughs> like, <laughs> bro, and all it is is like me. And they'd be like, yo, make sure they fry it hard, too. Like, extra, extra hard. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, every time I see that, I just shake my head. I'm like, like I work at South Beach. I well worked. I don't work there anymore. Mm-hmm. But I was a server at South Beach for probably about a year or so. Mm-hmm. And I sent more wings. I like literally. I never put fried hard. <laughs> I, let, I never put it, and nobody ever complained about the wings. You know why? Because as long as the wings are crispy, yeah. like and pe- like the people in the back, like this, like everywhere you go, you stop trying to tell everybody how to cook your food. Like stop trying to cook your food the mm-hmm. same way it was at home. That's why we got a grown ass. Like we 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 really need to talk about how we got a grown ass generation of people that doesn't know how to fucking go out to eat. And not order chicken wings, a cheeseburger, chicken fingers, spinach dip, calamari. Like motherfuckers can't go to a restaurant and, and to and a I, nice and restaurant and, and, and they'd be like, oh, if they get steak, it's like, oh, let me get steak with shrimp. Or let me get the salmon. Stop saying the L in salmon <laughs> and salmon too. Stop that shit. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's salmon. It's, it's salmon, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't even I don't even I don't think people know what they're asking for when they when they ask for their wings fry hard because you know you just they just want them extra 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 well done and it's like bro everything doesn't like if you cook like they want every bite to be crunchy it's like bro you do that like it should be crunched mm-hmm. then flesh like it should be contrast you should be able to taste the salt when you fry things to extra well done you remove all that there's natural fat in proteins that like will cook out that would be flavor added natural flavor to it that cook out into the pan and that's why people be pouring the drippings quote unquote all over it because you don't cook you cooked all the flavor out your your steak mm. is sitting in a pool of it and now you're gonna pour it over the top and make it seem like you did something crazy stop <laughs> wow okay so um just trust the people who are cooking for you you're going out to a restaurant and you, sometimes you're going out and you're paying $34 a plate if you go to a nice place. Mm-hmm. If you go to a place that orders wings, like you might be paying $16 for wings. If you wanted wings so much yourself 
and you want it fried exactly whether you want it fried every single time, you could just bought wings for like $7.99 a pack and had exactly the amount of wings you needed, bought some flour, had some shit that's reusable in your crib, some oil, same thing, and did that shit in your crib and fried it exactly the way you wanted to. And got way more wings too. Exactly, bro. For the same amount of price, you're going to pay somebody else to do it and tell them exactly how to do it. And then like, for what? I am proud of our generation because niggas is doing a whole lot better with tipping. Mm, yes. Like, but I also think that comes with a lot of people having at some point having to work in a restaurant somewhere. Like that's big in our generation where people work in restaurants. For sure. One thousand percent. I personally have not, but um I grew up like they either worked in a restaurant or they worked in retail. Word. For sure. Did you work in retail? I um I didn't. Nope. I wow. Got lucky. I got lucky, yo. But That's um, let's 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 shift focus a bit. Uh, I want to talk about because we've gotten into the food thing, right? But I kind of want to talk about how that bleeds into you being a being a dad, you know? Because if you're gonna cook, you know, you're gonna have to you're gonna cook for your family too. You're gonna provide, and I just want to talk about um, sort of the things that have come with being a new father. You on number two now, correct? Yep, I have two sons and then I have a daughter that'll be here soon. Wow. Shout yep. out to fatherhood. fatherhood. Let's get into indeed. let's get into um you know, being a millennial dad. I mean, it's really cool because just like anything else in our, our generation, we kind of just kinda realistically we just figure it out like how to make it work. Mm-hmm. You know, and not, to, and we just don't let, like, I've met so many people who've been through so many different things that just don't let their experiences cripple them. And mm-hmm. I love to see it. It's motivating, you know, because I'm, I'm the same type of person. Like, everybody's got a story. But, you know, to make some, to literally, there's, I know so many people who are doing exactly what they said they wanted to do with their life, mm-hmm. who are living the dream or working in the fields that they wanted to be working in, who are going every day and getting compensated the way that they do. And, you know, choosing what you want to do and being able to show that to your children is something that's special. Because I don't know a lot of people who see that. I know a lot of people whose parents did what they had to do for their kids and provided them a lifestyle that we all can appreciate. You know, like, everybody I know that's that's been through, like, like I can't, you know, I spent a lot of time in, in the suburbs growing up, so... I grew up with a lot of people who were fortunate, like Union, I consider to be a suburb. Like it's not, it's a safe area. Like it's cool. That's where I went to high school. I grew up in like South Brunswick. I spent some time in New Brunswick, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like for the most part, like I spent my time around people who were fortunate enough to be in good situations. Um, And everybody I know is like doing well for themselves. And, you know, I know a lot of people who are parents now and just like, using those experiences that you come through, that you come across through life and just kind of, you know, applying that to parenthood and and letting it be another one of those things that you just kind of, it's like, okay, like I love this person enough to be the best version of myself immediately and try to work towards it. If I can't be right now, I want to work towards it because I want them to see, you know, I want them to see for some people it's what they saw, for some people it's what they didn't see, you know, or for some people it's both. You know, I will, you know, and it's about like pushing the next generation forward. You know, a lot of people spend time 
you know, being about preservation of self. And at the end of the day, once you have a child, you're accountable for somebody else's life. And they cannot move forward without you. They cannot do without you. They can't eat. They can't, they don't have anywhere to live. They can't survive, mm-hmm. like, without you. And you have to nurture that. You have to teach them all these different things. Like, I'm going to have to have a conversation that somebody had with me at one point with both of my sons. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. About that conversation about how life is different for black men. I have to one day have that from with my sons. Mm-hmm. And I have to remember what that conversation was like for me. What kind of perspective does, does that place on you? Well, you know, a lot of dads are excited. And this is, you know, like, I, it's a, for me, it's a beautiful thing that I have, you know, two sons and, you know, I have a daughter here. So that's a whole new perspective of being a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, I, I want to teach my, I, I don't, I want to, I don't want to say I want to hide that from my kids. But I definitely want them to grow up in a world where that's not something of their concern as long as possible, mm. where they feel that freedom of just living and experiencing things. And when life brings that to the doorstep or it's time where they're going to be going out into the world and or be without it or, you know, it's time where they need to be educated of those around them. I will most certainly make sure that they understand these things. But mm. You know, I think exposing people to the, exposing children, I'm sorry, to the realities of this world at too early an age, you know, affects them in an unpositive way. You know, For kids sure. always should always believe that they can do anything until they can't. Because right. one day that translates into an adult who still believes that. You know, mm-hmm. like I was fortunate enough, like I was fortunate enough to have people who literally funneled that into me at a young age to the point where like, it's something that is, it's who I am. I know that I'll always figure it out. I know that I'll always keep trying. And I want my sons to feel that too. I want my daughter to feel that too, that no matter what, like you, you can and you will. And I feel like millennials specifically are in a um, really interesting position to set the generation that comes after us up for um, the most possible success because we have so many more tools than the last generation had for us. Bro, that's why they're trying to... I genuinely believe that the older generations are scared of us mm-hmm. because we're not scared of them. Right. And we're the first generation... Like, they created this generation, which is hilarious because through public school systems, everybody kind of got the same education and then, like, mm-hmm. through all these programs and through, like, all these different things and the way they like had set, they had set up where people were just getting rich and living like this. You created a generation of people who saw exactly how detrimental this system and the way things are mm-hmm. can be for everyone. Right. So and and also like we have what they call the fucking internet and mm-hmm. we grew up with it. We know how it works better than almost everyone because we literally <laughs> literally have been trained to use it since it came out. Like we right. every, like computers. Like I remember when Mac computers were tan. Like I remember, mm-hmm. with, I remember the orange back clear Mac computers, my boy. 
Like, I remember when Mac rebranded into the music shit with iPods and, like, the Mac computers were, like, if you really, really had a Mac computer, you had chicken, my boy. Like, I remember that. Like, it wasn't so common, like, how everyone has iPhones and this shit. Now, it wasn't that. I remember that shit. So, it's like, we have grown with technology. They, we understand how it works, and they can't lie to us because of the technology that we have. Right. It's hard to. You can fact check everything. They can lie to us in, in a, on TV, and in a minute we can check exactly what's going on in another country where they say something isn't happening and check somebody's TikTok who's there, and they're probably going live right now while exactly what they're saying isn't happening is happening. Why do you think China was like, eh, fuck that? China was like, nah, we're good. We're going to keep our citizens exactly the way they are. Thanks. <laughs> Word. All right, and let's go ahead and get into um, the pod stuff, you know, because that's like that's that's how we met. And absolutely, um, I want to get into it because you know I am a fan of all of the podcast people that I've like come across over the um, since starting this journey with versus Mike history, and I want to get into um, you know what what made you guys found the podcast and you know what keeps it going on a regular basis um so realistically it just started out as like us trying to do something cool with our friends mm-hmm. like it didn't start there wasn't this mission it was like yeah you know everyone's like yeah we could be something really cool we could be this we could be that but for me it was like all right cool if we're gonna do this let's do it and you know, what is the vision that we have for this? Okay, what is the logo? What is the sound going to be like? What is this? What is that? Like, meetings upon meetings. Like, it took two years before our first episode dropped. Mm. You know what I mean? And it was, for me, it's, it's about, you know, really, really understanding that it's like, okay, first of all, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm-hmm. understanding like what you want your how you want your your product to be how you want your show to be and being consistent about it and and staying within that the brand if you will mm-hmm. understanding your target audience and just kind of like you know catering to to them you know at the end of the day the shows are probably the people that are the ones that like they do stuff organically you know Things just happen for them. They, they, they. It's a regular thing. Like, big shout out to my my guys over at Not That Serious Podcast. Like, they just signed a thing with like Blue Wire Radio or some shit like that. I don't know if it's radio necessarily, but off a of, off a genuine moment that like I know these guys. These are my like my friends. Off a moment that probably would have happened off camera and off of the mic, mm-hmm. it was recorded. But that moment took them viral on TikTok. And from them going viral on TikTok, now they've got, they're building like a corporate, they got some like 200,000 followers on TikTok. And they like had people who respond to them and sit into their lives now. So now they're building a core fan base. They're talking to people. They're getting exposure mm-hmm. from here and doing that. And that's from just being consistent with something and being genuine. These are, these are the same people. Like I said, these are guys that like, like we just did a crossover episode. So we did one, we've recorded two episodes in one day. We recorded one on their show and then one on our show. So like you can find that wherever you find our shows. I'll link that at the end. Um, but at the end of the day, like 
the hard work that they put in. Like I remember when they recorded their first episode, I was mm-hmm. on, like, I was one of the people championing for them and rooting for them because at the end of the day, like I enjoyed it just because it was, I, I saw my friends doing it. So, and I was listening to it and I was like, yeah, like these, they sound good on the mic. Like, like, yo, keep going. And, and watching that pay off, you know, it, for one, it's motivating because it's like, yo, like they're not to say they're no different than us, but like, we look at them as like a brother podcast, but no matter what, like, they're my friend. They're regular people, just like me. So it lets you know that, like, the things that, again, like, the things that are attainable that you want for yourself are within reach. Because if you work hard and you, you know, you you apply yourself to the things that you want to do, you apply yourself to your craft and whatever it is that, that you think is important, every last bit of those at some point is attainable, you know they always say like everything that you need to make yourself great is already within your network. You know, if you take the time to build your network, there's somebody that you met doing something that can quite literally make sure that you're like, how can I say this? There's somebody that you know, or there's somebody that you know that knows somebody. They can get you further along on your journey. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. I'm following you, brother. You know, it's all about, you know, applying yourself and, you know, things of that nature. Word. And with that being said, my brother Shake, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. This has been long overdue. Yes, sir. And um, this was a great convo. Very versatile. Um... I'm I'm ready to get back into the shits though on you guys' show. To be honest. You got to, man. You can come yeah. by whenever you want to. We record yeah. every Monday. We a little we uh, it's a little bit more serious on this end, but just that's just this <laughs> is the brand, you know what I'm saying? We have our we got last thing we can, but you know, for the most part, we just talking about talking yeah, about guys. We talking about like dreams and goals over here. That's that's what we do. Like if you come talking, if you come listen to my podcast, it sounds way different. I just want you to understand that. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> we got versatility, <laughs> versatility, yeah. diversity, all of that. All right, my brother. Oh. Um, go ahead and po- um, plug anything that you want to plug right now. Your socials, the pod socials, anything. Um. So on Instagram, I mean on on what you call it. You, on Twitter, it's end of regulation, but the zero in regula- the O in regulation is zero. Uh, we can blame Bert for that. Um, shout out to the to the homie Bert. Um, for me, um, I mean for t- Instagram, it's end of regulation pod. I think it's the same thing for TikTok. Um, or is it? Yeah, yeah, it's the end of regulation pod. Um, my Instagram is at plates by shake on Twitter. I'm at chef shake, but you know, we're working on getting that, that thing down because one of the things I find that successful, you can, when you have your socials, all one thing, mm-hmm. people can find you everywhere with one name. That's supposed to be way more helpful to expansion when they don't have to search hard because people are lazy, just like me. 1000%. That's why I always try to get my links in order. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, man. Uh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. No doubt, no doubt. It's always it's always a pleasure. Great getting new voices on here and people that I already have connected with off mic. Um, but yeah, you know, you guys can um, get the podcast wherever you get podcasts in general. Versus Mike History is is the land and site. Um, 
for everything versus Mike History related, make sure you guys are signing up for the newsletter, newsletter.versusmikehistory.com. Um, the marketplace is expanding. I'm designing some stuff and I'm getting some other people's stuff locked in there very soon. And, um, you know, all other updates can be found in the newsletter. So go ahead and subscribe to that. And uh, Shake, it's been real, brother. But we uh, got to get up out of here. Yes, sir. We out. All right. Peace. Seven.